0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fargo Podcast. We're the officially unofficial podcast for all things Fargo on television. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me today is...
1: Pete Peppers. YouTuber Pete Peppers.
0: I, uh, so you might have heard a little tickle in Jim's throat on the last podcast uh, that we recorded on Tuesday, and that's because he was coming down with COVID, it turns out. Um I'm expecting him to be a scratch for the next several podcasts. so I scrambled to all my podcasting and YouTuber buddies to see who uh, could fill in and Pete, our, our old friend uh, I mean, we've we've talked whew, Expanse, foundation, uh a bunch of stuff. I, I I know there's been a couple other things and now now Fargo. Um, you can find Pete Peppers on his YouTube channel at Pete Peppers uh pete how are you how are you liking this season um as as a whole kind of i know you 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 do videos each week on fargo what what are you thinking about this latest season
1: yeah i'm i'm enjoying it pretty well um i think you know we had talked a little bit before and i've been listening to your i started out listening to your podcast as you know week to week and um i think a couple of the episodes i like a bit more than you and jim did you guys seem to <laughs> yeah. take a little bit longer to to come around, but um I think it's been pretty solid all the way through. I I uh I did rewatch um a few of the seasons before this and so I was kind of in that frame of mind where I was really looking forward to it.
0: In the zone, yeah.
1: Yeah, so um four was kind of a you know I didn't really I covered that too and and I was kind of a little bit bummed on that one. So, yeah, I thought this was uh, a big improvement over that, at least.
0: Historically, do you have a problem with how often Fargo shades through the supernatural? Because that's always been a little bugaboo for me and Jim. Like, we're really digging this kind of, like, hard-boiled true crime, a skewed Midwestern thing, and then ghosts or aliens or whatever start happening, and we're like, I don't know. And they they hit us hard and fast with it this season.
1: Yeah. No, I don't generally have a problem with it. Like, um, you know, I was thinking about the the Ray Ray Wise thing. You know, the uh, bowling alley scene in mm-hmm, season three, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I just sort of like, okay, well, if you can make it work, then I'm I'm into it. You know, and and it was the same thing with uh, Old Munch. I was like, well, okay, I guess we're going back in time, and this guy's been around for five hundred years, so if there's a good reason for it, then I'm, I'm there. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And it always remains to be seen as like, where, how will it pay off? You know? Um, yeah. Usually well, like you, in particular, you, yeah.
1: You know, I kind of like the idea of the debt, you know, the, the all the, the stuff they were talking about with debts before that. And then that situation where this guy, he takes on everybody's debt. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, if he never dies, then what does that even mean? You know? there's there's just a lot of it's fun to think about at least you know what I mean like I could see why it could be annoying but uh i'm i generally i'll I'll generally kind of eat that stuff up.
0: Yeah, I'm curious, and, and and I'm happier if they kind of let the mystery be. Uh, but I'm wondering if they'll do that or kind of like put a put an exclamation point on the uh, old monk, uh, old munch stuff. Um, yeah, I want I want to talk about <laughs> so so your thoughts on the se- uh, series in general or this uh, season in general are maybe a little bit more positive than Jim. I will say that I really like this episode with some caveats. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about Linda? This uh, seventh episode of Fargo.
1: Yeah, I did like this a lot. Um, you know, no one really likes. It was an all a all a dream reveal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. So, if you can actually pull that off, I think that that's something. You know, it's a, it's a strong choice creatively, and I guess you could say a challenge, right? Like it's this is something that you're you know that going into it if you're the writer that like this is something that people will potentially hate if we don't do it right. And so, yeah, I think they pulled it off and, um, you know, there's sometimes stuff like that can be more fun to think about than to actually watch. But I thought the way that this played out, I was pretty much captivated the whole time. Like I didn't, it's not one of those things that I didn't know how I felt about it at the end. And then I came around on it. Like I, I thought it was good the first time I watched it. I, I enjoyed it. And I think it's funny because there's like a ton of clues along the way of like where it's going and, because it's Fargo, you really can't be sure. You know what I mean? So there's sort Mm -hmm. of like a self-awareness there that I think it's fun to see how they played with that. And then also, you know, it's satisfying when you go back and the reveal happens afterwards and you're like, okay, I see all those things and you know, it all makes sense. So I thought that was pretty good. And then the other thing, it was just, I like this idea of, of, you know, a post-truth existence, you know what I mean? So I thought it fit in with that pretty well too. Hmm. Because like when it was, when it was playing out, I was like, okay, so what is it that she's trying to do? Because she's running into all this resistance from them, right? They want her to make the puppet. They want her to do this elaborate process to share her truth. So you're thinking like, why is she in such a hurry to get out of there? And it's because she wants Linda to come back to back up her story, you know, because she has a real fear that no one's going to believe her. And, you know, that's like, that's kind of the thing about Roy, you know what I mean? Like that's so infuriating is like, he's got power in his own little, you know, fear there. And so he can basically just says what, say whatever he wants and call that the truth. You know what I mean? I thought that was, I thought that was like a good way to get to that and to just sort of, carry that through the episode
0: yeah i liked. like i said i i really like this episode but i i got my my process of watching it so i'm sitting here and i'm watching you know i haven't seen fargo for two weeks um i started watching it and i'm like okay this is you know like we, me and jim were discussing yesterday we didn't see dot at all the previous episode so it's gonna be a dot heavy one um and uh you know like i start no, it's like um OK, we've we're we're discover this like yellow jacket antler queen woman's type retreat. OK, uh, OK, we're going to be forced to make a puppet. All right. I don't know where this is going. A puppet montage. And then so, like, I, I got to talk about Noah Hawley's other show, Legion, which I really mm. loved that show. I thought that show was amazing. Um. And when it it got to the puppet part, like, all my resistance just fell apart because this is just so beautiful, so creative. It's such a – like, you know, he did this shit all the time in Legion where it's like anytime he wanted to tell, like, a backstory or something, he would get out the papier-mâché and the arts and crafts and, you know, do this kind of Wes Anderson job on it. And Mm -hmm. I completely loved it. And I was so involved in the story of how her getting Linda on board that when it turned out to be all a dream, I – Kinda of was a little butt hurt about it. I was like, I had just talked myself into all this fantastic Noah mm. Hawley crap, and then it turns out it's it's just a dream. So like, I, you know, I've watched it a couple times since then, and uh, you know, my annoyance at having a rug pulled out from underneath the um, kind of faded and and what they were actually trying to tell, like a very ugly story in a beautiful way, I really admired. And it's like, I you know. I think Fargo is going to come down to the final few episodes for me. Like is all of the things that they're doing in terms of, you know, debt, in terms of the post-truth society, in terms of, you know, their political analysis, is all of this going to come together into something that is worthwhile at the end? And uh, I'm I'm kind of waiting because for me, a lot of this judgment, mm-hmm. like it has been all season is going to be delayed until we see where where it's all going. So I love this episode. Was a little annoyed that it was all just a dream, but also <laughs> I am I am patiently awaiting for the the season as a whole to make sense.
1: Was there were you not like throughout the dream? Were you not like maybe this is a dream though?
0: No, dude, no, I don't know why, mm. but like once the puppet stuff started, I was just under kind of under its spell, and I'm curious because you said there's a whole bunch of like tells, um, yeah in in uh you know what they were doing uh that kind of could lead people to believe that it was a dream. I'm kinda curious to see you like maybe point those out as we go along. Uh cause, yeah, yeah. I, I
1: could try to yeah I went through a bunch of them whenever I made the video. So yeah for sure I'll try to put point some of that stuff out.
0: Um but I yeah I do love when Noah Holly does the 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 very outside the box visualization of something. You know, like he was so good at uh, doing superhero battles in Legion that turned out to be dance offs or kabuki puppet shows or, you know, we, yarn creatures battling. It's, it's, I, I just, I really admire that kind of practical, uh, uh, visual story, storytelling. Um, so
1: yeah, the, the craft, it, it looked, it looked really good. I, I agree with you 100% on that.
0: And I guess they did. Like, if I, if, if, if I, the the one big tell is her like falling asleep. Um, like I should have been on, but I was more on alert. Like, oh my god, is she going to run off the road or, is she, you know, <laughs> um, is is she going to have the gas to get to the end of the destination, uh, et cetera. So, do we do we have any other like general thoughts about the episode, or should get into the scene by scene recap?
1: I think that we could probably yeah just get right into it because there's a. There's quite a bit to talk about on the way, but I can't think of anything that needs to, to get out, you know, that we need to get out there first. You're listening
0: to Fargo with Bald Move. We'll be right back. Hey, the boys are back in town. Just in time to heat up summer. Our favorite blood soaked, darkly humorous deconstruction of the superhero mythos returns on Amazon Prime Video. Boys Season
2: 4 gets started on June 13th, but we'll get the drop on them with our preseason preview coverage the week before. It's been a while. A lot's happened since last season. Two whole years, a labor dispute, that kind of thing. But we'll be catching you up on all the major plot points and character beats as we left things off.
0: Plus, we'll be looking at the trailers and latest news to piece together what to
2: expect. I know one thing to expect. Right off the bat, they're dropping three debut
0: episodes for the premiere. Woo! But otherwise, who knows? Will Gus Fring reveal why he has absolutely no fear of Homelander? And while we're on that topic, will Butcher and the Boys figure out a way to stop Christian nationalist Superman? Will those crazy kids, Monster Man and Starlight, find a way to make things work?
2: Come laugh, cry, and maybe even throw up in your mouth a little with us as we discover the answers for ourselves of this season of The Boys. Find it by searching for the Department of Homelander Security wherever you listen to podcasts. Or subscribe to Ball Move Pulp to get all our coverage of sci-fi, fantasy, and superheroic entertainment. We're just under a month to go
0: until Badass Fest 6. Each year, we take the blockbuster month of July to celebrate the 80s and 90s action stars we grew up with. Big guns, big muscles, bigger explosions. If it's dumb, fun, and kicking ass, we love it. This year, we're inviting
2: you to our hometown to watch a secret badass film with us. Afterwards, we'll record the podcast. Get your tickets and full event info at baldmove.com live.
0: No hints about the movie, except we're pretty sure most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be a real crowd
2: pleaser. Our neighborhood theater features a full bar, all your favorite snacks, and we'll be providing
0: some custom movie-themed cocktails. It's happening Friday, June 21st at 7 p.m. right here in the Queen City, Cincinnati. Get full details and tickets now at baldmove.com
2: live. And hey, if you'll be in town on Saturday and have an appetite for outdoor adventure, join Aaron on an optional side quest as he guides a group of intrepid Bald Move kayakers
0: down our national scenic river, the Little Miami. Once again, get full details on all main and side quests, and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live. Welcome back to Fargo on Bald Move. All right. Well, we open up with a thrilling uh, scene of uh, Munch's adopted <laughs> mother's real, actual son. I think I think I got the the relationships correct there. Uh, yeah. Returning, returning home.
1: This guy is. I mean, there's really nothing that redeems this character. That that's the biggest standout. I I mean, you know, like usually there's you know you can understand why like but this guy is really just only a mother could love this guy i think
0: and maybe ne- not even that because yeah, i kind of got the it, idea when they the when old munch and her exchange looks they're kind of like simpatico about what needs to happen here
1: yeah i did think about that later like whenever you know what how this ends you know like what it what did he tell her when he went back in? Like, sorry, I just had to kill your son, and she was like, "Yeah, you know." I mean,
0: your son doesn't she, live here now. <laughs> That's what he comes yeah. in and says, and she's like, "All right,
1: you know." When you put it like that, I guess you know, you you know, you got to do what you got to do. More room in the beer uh, budget yeah, for me. I, <laughs> yeah, I I thought that you know, it it seems pretty it seems pretty tactical on their part to have have this be like th- this part and the everything that's not dot and not directly related to her trip and and the dream is pretty light you know what i mean it's it's mm-hmm. it's supposed to give you a different um a different experience like give you like a a, a valve almost right yeah yeah so i thought that was a, a good way to start this off because that one thing that one one real criticism i have of this season that isn't like that's pretty. It's sort of irrational, I guess. But the 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 trailers. A lot of this stuff that we actually saw in the trailer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like him him attacking this guy with an axe. So, you know, what I mean, like you know exactly where the scene's going to end up. Um, but I mean, like you know, it was still it was still fun to watch. Like the way the guy gets the look on his face that he just got his payday. You know, like I just hit the jackpot, and then a second later, uh, he appears behind him and just sort of whacks him. I guess that's sort of uh uh from the Fargo movie too. That's a that's a sort of a uh Oh yeah you
0: know, it's uh like a shot to that as well shot for shot yeah. like a, and and in fact I even think that um they made her kid look a little like Steve Buscemi. He's got kind of like that Oddly constructed face, kind of like uh-huh. you know, stringy hair. Even with the 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 accent work he's doing, it's this this kind of like you know, in that scene, Steve Buscemi's fed up with uh, uh who is the guy? Um, I forget the actor who plays the the monosyllabic Stormare. Uh,
1: so yeah, yeah Peter Stormare.
0: He's fed up with his bullshit and he's, you know, got his face blown off and he's got this kind of like, you know, very pinched and taken advantage of tone of voice. And I feel like that he was aping Buscemi and and then when, uh, you know, uh, old Munch comes out there with the axe, it's like that's like just a shot for shot uh, remake of that scene. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like the Steve Buscemi son it's not very bright because you see a guy like old munch talking like old Munch, and you shake him down for money and he pulls out a rubber band bank to the tune mm-hmm. of about 10 grand. Probably. That's not the guy you double down on and be like, yeah, this much every month. Like this, this is mm-hmm. like some kind of cartel executioner from South of the border. Yes. Like,
1: it's totally Salamanca rolls, you know. <laughs> That's like what I'm talking about. Tito no one rolls his money. <laughs> no one
0: who's up to any good is banded up like that. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, not. He's just thinking, oh yeah, this is. I'm, I'm going to hit the titty bar instead of I'm going to hit yeah. the ground bleeding. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, it,
1: uh, I, I thought. Uh, do you
0: think there's any? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't want to cut you off.
1: No, it's it's nothing. Go ahead. I'll, I'll wait to hear what you said.
0: I'm curious of did you think that there's something to the odd emphasis on the trade that like old munch like exchanging money is I'm I'm, I'm appreciating as a very sacred thing to him. And the fact that him and this mother are in a barter relationship, I think, is got a special significance. I can't quite put my finger on it, but like the way yeah. old munch is like, this is a trade. This is not there's there's, there's, there's I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, I did too, and I and I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I wasn't a hundred percent sure what they were going for there, except for this is, um, you know, for him, he obviously made a trade at one time, or he had sold his services at one time, and, and 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 incurred this debt. So that's sort of what I was thinking was that he he looks at her as a, as, as an you know what they're doing as an equal exchange, like no one's being exploited in that situation. Right.
0: Do you think um because like Jim and I were trying to think last episode um when Roy bought Old Bunch off. Old Bunch says to Roy, it's like, you know, when you dig a hole, a man has to put something in it or else it's just a. Or when you dig a grave. Rather, you yeah. have to put something in it or it's just a hole. And we're kind of debating whether that meant the Old Bunch was still going to be going after Dot or if that was a warning to Roy or what? What's your read on that? Um is old are you looking for old bunch to be hitting back at dot or me especially with this this gator business like dots not on his radar at all
1: yeah i i kind of looked at it as like when he walked away prior to gator coming up to him at the at the end like Mm -hmm. he was kind of okay with like our business is done Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i do too like i think that 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 was the way that I interpreted it, and when, so with the idea with uh, with the when a man digs a grave, he has to put something in it. I thought that that was a weird way of saying like I don't know, I, like I like for me it's over, but I'm not sure that like you know what I mean like he th- I think he was saying that like Roy still was going to go after Dot, like he wasn't going to let it like because because Roy says Roy. right before that. Yeah, because right before that, Roy says, I should leave her alone. But he pretty much says, you know, I can't, you know, I can't, I have to keep following this, you know. And and, and that's mm-hmm. a really interesting thing about this character is the he does have all this power and he kind of would be all right if he didn't go after Dot, but he can't seem to quit that idea, you know, of getting her to, to um, bring her to heal or whatever. I don't know how you would, you know... How to put it in the words, but like he he wants to dominate her. It's the one thing that doesn't seem to be working out for him. So I yeah. kind of connected those two things together.
0: Yeah, I I, I th- and also like I think that maybe I, I'm not and I'm not sure if I believe the old bunch is 500 years old. You know, there's like, a there's a couple of hints that maybe this is like a succession thing or like it's it's uh, he's uh, he's in a long line of of, of, of uh, sin eaters, but maybe he is. Either way. I think as his capacity as Sin Eater, he's probably seen a lot of people make fatal mistakes. He's probably seen a lot of people die because they're pursuing these kind of vain revenge kind of fantasies. And I wonder if it was like a like a signpost type of warning that he was trying to give to Roy. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, we'll, because we'll see.
1: Because I never really heard of Sin Eating before. So then I was thinking about it a lot after the... that that episode aired. Sure. And I was thinking, well, wouldn't there be a loophole that if you were a sin eater, if you could just save enough money to have someone eat your sins at the end. Yeah. You could loophole your way out of it, right?
0: Apparently that was how they did it back in the Middle Ages. I I did some research oh, okay. and it was it was accustomed to like yeah when it's time for the sin eater to bud to eat it you had the new sin eater eat his sin. and there's kind of some poetry to what they're doing with debt and compounding yeah. interest and because like you know who Kick the what do you do when you're the, the last sin eater in the world you know you're literally bearing the yeah. world's sins what's going to happen
1: I mean I don't know what else we could we really need to say about Munch right now because yeah. uh, this will be continued later.
0: Well it's good because we're headed up the road, dots go into a place apparently called Camp Utopia, but along the way, uh, she gets a little tired, has a little scare about running off the road and decides to make a truck stop at uh, uh, for some pancakes and coffee.
1: yeah and and this is one of those things where I was saying that like she changes the radio station because she's falling asleep and, and I'm your puppet plays on the radio. And mm-hmm. that's like one of those songs that you background, like at least for me, like I can just put that in the background. That's like background music. It's something mm-hmm. I've heard. Mm-hmm. It's not something that, that like instantly grabs me like, oh, this is the song. You know what I mean? So I, it, it didn't hit me that that's what it was until she was like way later in the episode when she was getting ready to walk up on that stage and actually do her puppet show. And then I was like, oh, a puppet, you know what I mean? Like after she's been doing this whole thing. And I was like, that was the song that was playing in the car. So those were the kinds of things that, that started uh, to, you know yeah. what I mean, started firing in the back of my head.
0: All the things and are going into her dream vision. They're, they're, there's all the things in the background. I see.
1: Right, right. Because when she comes into this, this truck stop, the establish like the first shot is an interior and, it, and it's it's focused on the on the camp utopia postcard right,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then she walks over to the table and she's like looking up and she sees a a, a, a recipe for chicken piccata, and she sees a Just thing that's about like a doll show yeah you know I mean? so everything everything in there is stuff that it doesn't mean anything the first time you see it. You know what I mean? But then you see it again. It's repeated in somewhere else. And then you're like, wait a minute, something's going on. At least that's what I thought. No, you got it. it. Yeah. But I mean, I wasn't sure about it until she woke up again. Right. You know, when you see her wake up again in front of the pancakes and then you're like, "Oh, okay, now she's waking up or whatever. So, yeah. So when she first walked in, you know the 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 waitress the the conversations she keeps the questions she keeps asking are, are pretty pretty funny because she can't really answer any of them, you know what I mean like mm-hmm. not truthfully like are you running away from something or or running towards something and it's like well, both kinda you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh and you never really know where she's actually going in this scene either you know what I mean like yeah, she never gets there, so we we don't really know.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what her original plan to confront Roy was, but there's going to be bumps along the way. I did like there's a more continuity from the original Fargo film when Dot's driving her Kia from Wayne Lyons Motors. Mm-hmm. Naturally, she's got those dealer plates on, which is a big part of the plot mm-hmm. in Fargo. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like so this this when she like there's a moment where she looks at the cork board and kind of thinks to herself and she kind of closes her eyes and listens to the music. And this is the exact moment where the episode detours into the dream, I believe. Um, yeah, that's
1: the way I I thought. So, I mean, you could you could make an argument that she fell asleep when she was driving earlier. But um, I think it makes more sense that she just because you see her wake up there again later.
0: Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting when she got back on the road and she goes to this windmill to retrieve the cash um, I thought or, or the, the cash C-A-C or C-A-C-H-E <laughs> not C-A-S-S H God I cannot I cannot enunciate alphabet today it's a critical failure uh, I, I couldn't help but notice that this stretch of road is very this is like where Fargo TV kind of baits me because like uh, Jim and I have been wondering if Steve Buscemi's buried bag of cash that he marks with the ice scraper will ever be found in the series and when she pulls up this lonely stretch of like windblown snow drifted barbed wire fences and it's kind of like on the melt I'm like I, I, is she going to find this giant bag of money finally are we finally going to come full circle on Fargo but, but no I'm pretty sure it's a mile away from where he bit, uh, buried it but I thought that was interesting
1: the supermarket king found it what the actual bag uh
0: the the steve Buscemi bag from fargo the movie
1: i mean that's i thought that was the thing in in um well
0: you've rewatched it originally yeah. or, or like uh, since i have like so I, i'm gonna but I, I thought that that was like a fake i thought that was a fake out he actually that was the steve Buscemi bag huh
1: well because he had the he had this the scraper the ice scraper on you know like he had it up on his uh in a frame, right?
0: I, like I said, I, you're, you're, I, I, you've already exhausted my memories of it. I, 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 thought sure that there's somehow that that wasn't connected actually, but well shit. Cause like something that's, I've been kind of like looking for, for the, for these past few seasons. So I could be the slowest, yeah, I mean, slowest, slowest person alive.
1: I, you know, like this is, this is kind of funny to talk about this because it's like, that's, that was my impression. And I, and I made a video about how all those seasons were connected, and I, I'm pretty sure that was the, the – I mean, it was, like, a couple of years ago, though, so it's been a while since I <laughs> revisited it. Well, I'll link <laughs> I I'll that, that – I'll find that, that video of,
0: of uh, Pete's, and I'll link it in the show notes, and uh, we, can, we can all watch it and talk about it on feedback next week. Uh, so, so Doc gets back on the road uh, and promptly runs out of gas and proceeds to Camp Utopia on foot – where she faints and awakes to find a pleasant lady Explaining this Camp Linda Thing to her Lindo Linda, a true Lindo uh, This Lindo I thought sure was an actress From The Expanse uh, oh, I, And I, and then I saw she is a Canadian actress, like, oh she's gotta be From The Expanse, but I could not I did some deep diving on IMDB It turns out no, she just kind of looks a little Like Julie Mao
1: Yeah she did look a little bit like Julie Mao I noticed that too
0: uh, but it is not. Um, I, I thought there was a little bit of like dry Fargo humor when you yeah. know she's explaining, "Well, we're all Linda here," and she's like, "Yeah, but my Linda is the actual Linda." She's like, "Oh, that Linda." I I thought that's a, a very Coen Brothers dry delivery, and uh-huh. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I I, I did like I, I liked it. If you looked up the cast, like they all had their initials uh-huh. changed. <laughs> I thought uh-huh. that was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, I, you, I, I, you don't
1: really pick it up like whenever they're talking, but then if you go back and look at it, you can see that they're they are kind of pronouncing them with a little bit differently and things like that.
0: Um I it's 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 a shocking thing to walk into. She's observing these women in this pitch black room, observing this like very Punch and Judy style puppet play where Judy is just getting the shit punched out of her, and it's it's graphic. It's somehow very disturbing to see this you know uh kind of innocent puppet but yet this woman is like putting her back into the screams and the the pain and the torment uh to the extent that the dot just blacks out it's so traumatic to her
1: yeah and like all of that tracks with what's going on with her right like when she goes to the when she goes out to the to the windmill i was like this doesn't really seem you know like it it might be something that she would do. Right. And then Mm -hmm. going in here, she's been up for days.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: She's been, she was falling asleep at the wheel. So like, yeah, this could definitely make her, you know, she could show up at a place and see something like this and pass out. Like that all is definitely stuff that might be happening in reality. Right.
0: Yeah, I I also noticed another thing that I think tracks throughout this vision is that she asks question a lot of questions but no one ever answers her questions. And I think they're trying to hint that like 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 here she asks Lindo, you know, um uh she's she's like gives her this card and asks her about something and she, Lindo just kind of smiles at her and defers to the, the, the breakfast. And she asks a couple of questions of Linda and Linda doesn't ever really give her a straight answer. I, I, I think it's they're trying to imply that like Dot has all the answers. You know, she's like looking for other answers in other places, yeah. but like all the answers are inside inside her.
1: Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And another thing about Lindo too is um, the 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 audio wasn't synced up when she first wakes up.
0: Yeah, that was the Goldilocks big, business.
1: That yeah, that was another big clue to me. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? Like at first, I was like, you know, is there just something wrong with the stream or whatever? You know what I mean? And I I went back and and watched it, and it's like it's very deliberate that it it snaps back into place whenever whenever Dot talks, not mm-hmm. not her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. That
1: was another big hint that, like, okay, something's happening here. I'm not exactly sure what, but, you know.
0: Um, So she's after Linda Tillman, which we're going to surmise is Roy's wife. And uh, Dot gets a tour from Lindo uh, before she finally meets St. Linda. And uh, St. Linda challenges her to a puppet off about her truth. Uh, Mm -hmm. Her point of view is, Linda, you abandoned me and Gator. You fed us. Uh, uh, to to Roy Tillman, and then you you use that to affect your escape.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes. It it, it it's about abandonment, but it, it is also about that she she believes that she brought her home in order to be a decoy, so that she could get mm-hmm. away. Which is like, you know, I, I think it's one of the more interesting things the episode does because you don't really know. Obviously you don't know anything about the real Linda. You know, you only know what this 15 year old saw when she was brought into this situation. That was like insanely traumatic. Right. Mm -hmm. So as we go on, I mean, that's one of the things that I keep thinking about because one of the, one of my favorite parts is she, when she walks up to her and she hits her. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she says, I'm sure you think I deserve that or something along those lines, right? And um you know, if you think about if you think about Roy and his his ideas of, of what his wife should be, and and of course they're all batshit, but I mean that's that's the that's what he's operating under, right? Mm-hmm everything he's doing to these women, they deserve. Right. So I, I thought that was an, uh, an interesting thing for her to say there was that I'm sure you think I deserve that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you think As like, you know, go ahead. I was just going to say that later you're thinking like, well, can we believe everything that dot believes? Because, you know, obviously she has these feelings about Linda, but Linda was also in that same kind of situation. So, it's a little more complicated. Like I, I do believe everything that she, you know, that happened to her, you know, at at Roy's hands. But I think that there's a little bit more of a, you know, there's, I don't, I'm not sure that everything is exactly how she remembers it as far as like the way that she puts things on Linda.
0: Well, one thing that I, I guess I think, um, and this is not something I know. It's something I think is that Linda is probably dead. You know the FBI yeah. agents talked about how you know her his his, his first wife has gone missing, presumed dead. Like I don't, I I think the Dot is overlying her experience. Um. And maybe this is a warning to her because Linda's fixated about like, oh, well, you're accusing me of leaving you, but haven't, you know? don't you have a daughter? Haven't you left? And Dot saying, well, yeah, I'm going to go back. I wonder if this is Dot's subconscious being worried that the path that she's going on is going to lead in her death and she will effectively abandon Wayne and Dot. Uh, I'm sorry, Wayne and, and Scotty, just like she was abandoned. Although being abandoned to Wayne is a lot different than being abandoned to, to Roy. But I, I wonder if there was a little bit of her self-conscious kind of giving her a warning about like, maybe this isn't the way to go because the reality is Linda probably didn't escape. Like, like The reality is probably Roy took her out to the woods and shot her and then made Dot his new wife.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that was certainly the the where i landed at the end of this episode was that when you, when she wakes up and and this is all a dream it's like okay well none of that is real mm-hmm. what's 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 it, what's really likely to happen based on what we saw in her play roy in that roy says that she just left in the middle of the night so i mean we know enough about roy at this point mm-hmm. that you wouldn't put it past him to just okay i got this replacement Let's get rid of the old one. It's, in, you know, she's in the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like also it her getting away from him doesn't jive with his other comments he made about, like, I've never had any problem before since, you know, breaking or controlling a mm-hmm. woman. So it's like if another woman got away, I don't although I guess Roy's the type of guy who would maybe gloss over that. But I, yeah I think I think uh St. Linda is. And that's the other thing. It's like it's, it's now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of a referring to her as a saint. You can't yeah, you have a living saint. You don't saint. say that about
1: people who are still alive, yeah.
0: No, you got to the one of the, the one of the steps to becoming a saint is dying first, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I'm uh, pretty I'm, important I'm, one too in in the hierarchy of things. True.
0: So, uh Wayne it turns out in his slightly scrambled state, has a new car sales philosophy. You don't need to make trades. You don't need to have a cash offer. You Just car for car. You got four wheels. I got four wheels. Let's let's make a deal here.
1: Man, I love Wayne. He, he's he's one of the best parts of this season. I think
0: he is great, and I really liked his salesman's consternation with like, well, that's just not how capitalism works, you know, and like, why not? That's, that's what it says in the Bible, car for car. It's like, that's what Moses wrote down in tablets.
1: Yeah. There's a lot, there was a ton of, of great stuff in this little scene. Like, um, you know, obviously Scotty, Scotty's pretty adorable whenever it's just Uh like, you know, when they're, when they're just together, those two, it makes you think back to like in the, I guess it was like the first or second episode. He said, I just want to play sock hockey and. Watch Real Housewives or whatever it was he right. wanted to do with Scotty, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, it, the the salesman calls the car a Sportage instead of a Sportage. Did you catch that?
0: I I didn't, but like also, <laughs> I'm not sure that I wouldn't call IKEA Sportage Sportage. It, it sounds like it sounds like when you mispronounce, like intentionally mispronounce Target.
1: Never, yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like the store Target, you know, it's, it's
0: not Target's Target. You know, like it's you not try like to people
1: go around. Yeah. People don't go around saying the word out loud. You know what I mean? It's just uh-huh. there. You know. Yeah. So he he calls it a sportage, which I thought was, was pretty hilarious. And then, like you said, he's just like, what do you want to do about this? And he's like, car for a car. He's like, well, that's not <laughs> how we stay in business basically. You know what I mean? Uh, is there
0: any, is there anything in the echidna talk? You know, knuckles, knuckles from Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, like the spiny anteater or whatever. Is there? Oh, is there, I, I don't know. Is that know. just I, some I, funny thing for Scott to be kind of Scotty to be babbling about in the background?
1: Yeah, I, I guess it could be. I didn't. I, that, I'm surprised I didn't look that up, but I, I didn't look up the spiny anteater. Um, I mean, I knew the platypus right away. Like, I thought I was, I was so smart. Whenever she asked the question, I was like, "Well, it's mm-hmm. a platypus. I know that." Um, uh-huh. the, the spiny anteater is, is a mystery to me, so I'm, I'm not sure well, if there's anything. I think to they're
0: hitting because, like this, this is you know one of the fascinations of this is the duality between masculinity and femininity and things that kind of cross those boundaries. And I think when you're talking about what are these things called, like intro the the marsupials, the the mammals that lay eggs or that's like do a different like there's there's kind of like they they're, they're a little bit of lizard, they're a little bit of mammal, they're yeah. a little bit of bird. I wonder if they this is. Another sure. thing it's reinforcing that scotty as like tomboy at the least um you know not manifesting traditional female gender present i wonder if they're trying to reinforce it with that
1: maybe yeah like i said i i'm surprised that i didn't look into that but um it's a it's an interesting point that you make
0: and then Wayne kind of loses track of reality at the end and is like planning on getting donuts with Dot and Scotty. And Scotty reminds him that uh, the Dot is gone. And I thought that was a sweet moment where Scotty's like, you know, mom would probably want us to have vegetables. And they're like, you know, they're yeah. there's no there. The, the, the thing think what they're getting away is there, there's not any real distress from Scotty that her mom's gone missing. This isn't a scary thing to her, really. It's something that's almost like a part of like this post-truth fantasy, you know, like uh, she's mm-hmm. having an adventure that, that the Wayne's got to lean into and the story tells her later.
1: Yeah. I, I thought that, yeah, I got a little bit of a sense that they were showing that she was taking care of him. You know what I mean? Like he mm-hmm. was, he, he, I think he, he's, he's much improved in this episode compared to the last one. Whenever yes. he was,
0: you know, the, the wires are starting to uncross. Wink
1: and, but it, it's almost—it's almost like there's almost a comparison there of like he's there with his father in the last one, and and they were both just like mumbling mm. idiots, you know what I mean? But and in this one, it's like she's at least trying to to keep him on the right track and trying to do the responsible thing, you know? Like, well, you know, we we should probably not go get donuts because mom would want want us to eat vegetables or whatever. Uh, so I thought that was just kind of a, a cool thing to show how they were keeping things together even though she was gone
0: oh the guy in the trunk's trying to get out we'll be right back here are the highlights coming up this week on bald move
2: the first of the summer shows to hit our calendar begins next week so it's time for us to talk about the boys Join us for the season four preview podcast this Thursday to see if the boys can continue to delight and disgust.
0: This is normally where we tell you about what's going on with the latest Prestige podcast. Unfortunately, due to the very hectic nature of our summer lineup, we decided to move Prestige to an every other week release schedule. That means no Prestige podcast this week. We'll be back with more Prestige covered soon. Don't forget about the bear.
2: You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app.
0: We're about 10 weeks out from House of the Dragon Season 2, and it's time to prepare for
2: war. Which in our case means, well, watching a lot of hot D and reading a lot
0: of fire and blood. Each week between now and June 16th, Maester Anthony and his co-host Steve are hosting a watch of each episode of Hot D Season 1. And then me and Jim are going to host a discussion of the differences between the events on that episode and how they're recounted in George R.R. Martin's historical tome, Fire and Blood. That's right, I've resorted
2: to reading dragon books. God help us all. We'll see if my fresh eyes add any new insights or predictions into Season 2. Arm yourselves with all the lore you
0: can for the battles ahead. House of the Dragon returns June 16th, but we've got you covered until then.
2: Check out all of our upcoming Hot D coverage on the Hot D feed or on Bald Move Pulp. Available wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: we put the ads in a wood chipper. Welcome back. So moving on, Dot, we're back at Camp Utopia, and Dot tries to rush the puppet-making process because she's got a head of steam and places to be and uh, kind of unsuccessfully, and then the women have dinner.
1: (laughs) Pretty good good comedic acting by uh, Juno Temple in here when she tries to cut that wooden block. I thought that was pretty funny.
0: So he's like, Well, you're you know, it seems seems like you're trying to rush this process. And she's like, Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> I like that.
1: Yeah, she it was I thought it was pretty good. And and you know, you need those little moments in there because it's it's pretty dark otherwise.
0: And in this dinner scene where like Dot tries to get to why Linda hasn't talked about Gator, I think this is like the crux of my um this fantasy cannot tell Dot anything about the world that she doesn't know. Because, like, Linda, like, this is something you'd expect her to engage with a little bit. And Linda just sits there passively while Dot kind of supplies information about what she thinks about. And then the dream validates her. It's like, oh, you're so perceptive. But it doesn't ever add anything to the conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think that's true. And I think it, it ties into what you were saying earlier, which I, I didn't want to get into too much because I knew Gator was going to come up again. But I think that this is this is her saying, like, Asking Linda why Linda isn't asking about Gator, but it's also her asking herself, like why, you know, why am I not doing something about the fact that Gator's still there? You know, does she because feel like she, she that...
0: abandoned Gator? Yeah, that like you yeah, know, Linda's dead, he... in, in actuality, and 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 Dot got out, or I guess Nadine. Dot Nadine. And it, Dot yeah. got out, but she left Gator there.
1: Right, because that's I mean, Gator is not her son. It's, it's not you know it's. Mm-hmm. Even if she was raising him as a stepmom for for a period of time,
0: uh-huh.
1: it's not exactly the same. It's not one to one. But I mean, if 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 she's human, it, which we know that she is, then then she must have some underlying feelings of abandoning him because, you know, they just saw each other face to face in a couple episodes back, and she uh-huh. sees what he's turning into. Right? She talks about it right here yeah that she thinks you know there's something there that he wants to be good but he wants to be like his dad more that's yeah so I think a lot of that stuff is is where you know what I mean like some of that stuff she has to put on Linda because she can't really you know she can't really sort it herself like she she does she says it later whenever she's talking about the um you know the she forgives her because it's fl- fight or flight you know that that's what she was doing she was running for her life uh-huh. but it's still not clean you know it still feels like well, maybe I could have done something you know what I mean.
0: So this, because Linda says you can't rush the process. You wouldn't be here if you didn't have to go through the process. This is Dot's own subconscious trying to wrestle with the guilt before she faces Roy. She has to wrestle with the guilt of leaving Gator behind or how she feels about that. Or her forgiving Linda as a proxy for her forgiving herself.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's not, I mean, I don't know if I have a a really uh, straightforward Coherent, but that was just the sense that I had was that Mm. she was working through her own relationship with these memories, right? And so part of it is that she's trying to protect herself, I guess, right? Like, you know, whenever you have really terrible stuff in your in your past, you know, like thinking about it isn't necessarily healthy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So she's trying to like you know so maybe she tries to transfer a little bit of that into Linda and like you know if she had if if Linda would take responsibility for what happened then somehow that would make it better it wouldn't change anything really right
0: Yeah yeah
1: So yeah you- I just think it's a, the you know that 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 it's it's maybe not like she's expecting something to to uh you know to get some kind of clarity that's going to make it all right or whatever but she just sort of has to look at it as it really is so that she can um face him you know what i mean because that's inevitable as far as what where the the story's going right yeah were
0: you kind of blown away with the revelation that gator's 27 years old because I was thinking, uh, you know, and, I, and, I, and it seems from the commentary of around us and the feedback, I felt like everybody was assuming, and maybe it's because Joe Keery, uh or Kerry is as you playing like a teenager on Stranger Things, but I was thinking he was in his early twenties, like just kind of starting off on the force, just becoming a man. Like being twenty seven, you've been a man capable of your own independent action and thought for a good long while. And it says something different about being under Roy's thumb than being like 22 and in that same position yeah. or, or 19, eight, you know, in that same position.
1: Yeah. You know, I didn't really think much about it. Like, because I was thinking about her age and how close they were then. But That makes like, them like a brother-sister
0: right. more than a mom-son kind of thing.
1: Yeah. But you're right. I mean, you're like fully in, like you're you're a screw up if you're in your early 20s but you're like pushing like I don't know like failure like you know, yeah like,
0: uh-huh.
1: at that age right because I mean it's not like he's gonna wake up it's he seems to me like one of those people that peaked at some point
0: maybe in high school and, when he was all-star all-state quarterback yeah. and it's just been his business been all downhill since then
1: yeah, and I mean, you know, he's pre- he's pretty much been given a license to do whatever whatever he wants, you know what I mean? And and he's got a pretty bad example in his in his father of like whatever, but I mean, it, it it's kind of sad when you think about it that this is a legacy and it's pretty like in the early episodes I didn't realize, I wasn't sure how he felt about Gator, mm-hmm. but as each one goes on, you realize that he's just like, yeah, my son is a total screw up that uh, isn't going to really follow in my footsteps, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: I thought last episode added an interesting shading where like from Roy's perspective, he thought Gator was a winner and it's almost like you've hit the skids, you've had a curse put on you by old munch um that's that, true. That's that true. did recontextualize contextualize things but i also could be roy putting the because because I, I i mentioned this in the last episode that like you know i uh, over to break i watched the godfather like one two and three and that's the story it's like you know nothing's you know like like ultimately the thing that's wrong with michael is that the family business is dying like you know like the mafia like yeah. uh is is just on the way out like they had their apex um, and now the feds are starting to close in, there's the drug problem, they're having Senate hearings, there's trial... There's, like, even if Michael was a... You know, the only way Michael could have uh, avoided going down is to never gotten into the game and played in the first place. And I wonder if they're telling the same story about, like, Roy and his dad and his... Like, these were... Men that indisputably ruled their counties or whatever, and just like the time for that is just over. Like you know, like people have caught mm-hmm. on and the, to the family business, and like like Tony Soprano, that was all his arc is like he was inheriting yeah. a rotten business, a, bi- a failing business, and I feel like that's the same thing with Roy that Roy and 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 Gator especially are are inherit are the inheritors of a failing business that clock ran out probably thirty years ago. And they're just trying to stay one step ahead from the inevitable change is going to sweep them out of power. So it's like Gators, you know, like, sure, Gators got problems, but it's not the Gators a fuck up. It's just that there's no way you're going to keep this thing going in the modern era.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, all of that can be, all of that goes back to Roy, anyways, right? I mean, he's such a larger than life character. You couldn't, you can't get too big and bright, or or else, you know, he'd probably want to knock you down because you're you're taking up too much of of his attention or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, obviously, like we don't know how his father, how things were whenever you know he was growing up under his father or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's it's obviously a different situation now. Yeah. And like, you know, giving him everything and being able to just like, you know, use the law however they, they wish to to further their interests. I mean, that's not a game that you can continue to, to play forever.
0: Yeah. Uh next scene we see Gator using his tracker to try to bag an old munch out of season. It is not the legal season to hunt old munches, so he runs into some problems uh what do you think about this one did
1: you have any inclination that this was the uh the bad son in the rocking chair
0: not not until like as soon as i saw the head uh because i'm first i was like holy shit you know uh yeah. gator did it or i, I thought it was going to be the mom <laughs> i thought like when it turned out it was going to be the mom sitting there but then yeah it became clear that it's the fail son that uh, mm-hmm. had one last use in death that he never had in life. <laughs> um, I... I got to say, I appreciate them making Old Munch a weird guy, like an Anton Sugar type, because like any other person, I would be like, bullshit. No one is sitting there night after night tugging a rope. Yeah, to this make. dude uh, definitely is. But this guy's <laughs> the one that would commit to the bit. I got the money in the back seat. I got the the light on and the rocking chair. And I'm going to get the son of a bitch. And he got he that
1: full pack of smokes off of off of the sun, too. You know what I mean? So like, really, until those run out, he, he right. What really, else has it, he got to do? Yeah, he's just. But it's also,
0: it's also he's literally he's literally baited and he's like jigging a trap. It's like he's a fisherman with that lure and he's just kind of jigging it. He's just jigging it until and you'll sit there for hours and hours to catch your to catch your fish and and he bagged a gator.
1: It's a pretty good edit how they show his his boots just like they did whenever they introduced him, Mm -hmm. and then it's not a bait and switch like he's really doing that with his feet. It's just in the other room with, (laughs) with the rope. Uh, making the other chair move,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and then we got mom. So, so Gator, he thinks he's he thinks he's won, and it's it's funny the way he plays, like he can't believe it himself. Like, holy shit! I just I did the thing, you know. And he goes up to retrieve his tracker, and he notices that the money bag, apparently still full of money, is back in in uh, Munch's back seat. So he breaks in, but unfortunately, and they've they've set this up this like collision course. With mm-hmm. old Mama Munch dragging her groceries down the the frozen path, uh, she yeah. accuses him of being Mask a thief. Of the six packs. That's true. They they scuffle. Uh, <laughs> she loses her footing and smashes her head open on the frozen curb. Speaking of Godfather references, oranges scatter yep, everywhere. Oranges everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was
1: thinking that the whole time you were telling the Godfather story. I that, did. But, so yeah, like yeah. Holly's
0: got the oranges in there, and then the how would you describe the look the old Munch comes out of the house with here? Oh
1: man. I don't know. It, it It's sort of like the anti, it's sort of like the way I described it when I was, when I was writing about it was that it's the opposite of what, what we see on dots face after she tells her story. You know what I mean? Like it's the, mm. it's the polar opposite. It's like, it's kind of like, you know, it's like a it's like an anti-climax or something. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it's everything It's like he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't like explode outward. He, It all goes inward. And it's just like the worst thing that possibly could happen to him.
0: Yeah, it's like something that's offensive to the very fiber of his being has happened. And I can't quite draw I couldn't quite put my finger on exactly what like what is his ethic what is his ethos what but like whatever his whole deal is this is deeply offensive to him what just happened you know
1: 100% yeah it's because like the he, worst thing that they had a trade and his end of
0: it was to be the guard dog right so yeah. what? Do you, what's a sin eater who's done this like ethical fair trade and didn't live up to his end of the bargain gonna do I would say nothing good
1: yeah, no, I mean, it. I, I thought it was an interesting choice. You know, you mentioned that you said uh, the money's still in the bag. Like, even if the money wasn't, like, even if that was just like a, uh, you know, like a bait for him to, to see which if he it would might take be. It.
0: I, I was asserting, I don't, I don't know yeah, that it's, I mean, full I, of money. I think it's,
1: I think it's, it's about equally as likely that he yeah. just left it in there because he has no other than given. Exactly. Salamanca rolls out of his back pocket to the sun when he comes in. He doesn't really have that much use for cash. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So like, I think it's equally as possible that the the actual bag of money is back there. But even if it wasn't, if he just did it as bait, I feel like as far as the man that we've seen and and everything that he said, that, that like taking the money back, like undoing the, like reinstating the debt, like that's a big deal. Right. Because Mm -hmm. if in the last episode that they sort of were like, okay, our business is done. Now their business has restarted and he's made it a whole lot worse by killing the only thing that we know that he cares about in the world.
0: Yeah. There's a, it's a double whammy. Not only has old Munch now reneged on his portion of the contract with the old woman, but Gator has reneged on Mm
1: -hmm. the old
0: man settling their score. So he's got double debts now open. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't know how you can see all of that and not come to the conclusion that his existence is now to make the Tillmans pay for what they've done. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I agree. It's going to be bloody and spectacular, no doubt. I don't know how many goats are going to die, (laughs) how much shit's going to be smeared, uh, what kind of runes are going to be involved, but it's going to be something biblical, probably literally. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to a sweeter scene where Wayne is reading Scotty an extemporaneous bedtime story
1: yeah it's super cute um, the whole fake book and and uh, the story I mean I guess the, the point of this is that you know she the, the, he understands that she's worried but you know this is what she's doing is important and you know she has to do it and they know she can do anything what is it that he says um you can't if you don't go anywhere you can't come home or something like that
0: yeah you can't you can't come home until she gets where she's going or until you've been to a place yeah that's it until you've been to a place you can't come back home because otherwise you know that's a nonsensical you got to go somewhere until you before you can come back home
1: yeah so which is it's interesting enjoyed that
0: I thought there was, like, obviously Fargo in later seasons has been increasingly kind of infatuated with Wizard of Oz references and we got, you know, we got Mm -hmm. Dorothy and everywhere she goes is rainbows. I'm wondering if we will get another explicit uh, Wizard of Oz reference this year or if this is just more internal reference. But I, I thought the interesting thing is, is like, before Wayne's accident, he was increasingly agitated by his wife telling him obvious lies And I think in this scene is him kind of surrendering to I don't know what your mom's doing. I don't know. I know it's dangerous, but I also know your mom is a hero and she's she's got to do this and she's going to be all right. Like Wayne is no longer sweating the details and it's probably his mental state helping it out. But that's what I got out of this, that he's no longer under distress about what's going on with Dot.
1: Yeah, I, I was wondering when I was watching this episode if they were trying to, or, or if there was some hints that he was changed permanently, you know? Cause may, he, he maybe. Because, uh, I mean, he is improving, but, you know, he's he's still <laughs> quite a distance from 100%. So um, Yeah.
0: I don't know if he's going to, because that's the thing. It's like uh, I remember being introduced to this term in my early 20s when I injured myself in a work accident. Um And a doctor says, well, you've reached maximum medical improvement. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? It's like, oh, Mm. it means your elbow is going to be fucked up for the rest of your life. It's as good as we can make it. Uh, Mm. I'm not sure because like until the healing gets to a point where it plateaus and ceases like you. So I'm not sure if they're telling the story of him going to be getting his brains back or if he is going to be like fundamentally forever changed. I could go either way, to be honest. Um, Do you think that Dot? So what is Dot Boy I I wonder what Dot makes of um, You know A Wayne that has his clock speed lowered a little bit Um, Is that something she will be Because like she's Her subconscious is telling me this episode Is she's over the moon for Wayne That this is not Like I, I kind of in the back of my mind Wondered if you know Some of this is a little bit of an act That she's grateful for Wayne For being gentle and kind But she doesn't really love him uh, he's a good dad, but he doesn't. But I, I think that she really thinks he's a catch, that she truly is madly in love with him based on everything her subconscious is saying. So,
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, that's what I, I, you know, that's sort of where I landed after this episode was that there, she may, I mean, she definitely needed him. She needed mm-hmm. that relationship, Um, you know, like whenever she was running, that that seems to be, true but mm-hmm. i think that she found something real in that in that relationship and that um she really does appreciate and and love him like you know for real it's not just like this guy is you know is sort of easy to get over on and i get what i need and blah 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 you know what i mean i think that the, everything that she's saying is uh pretty sincere and, so, and I mean, I think that that seems to be because I mean, otherwise it's kind of like you brought up the Wizard of Oz and I've been kind of staying away from the, the whole Oz thing because
0: uh-huh.
1: it's obviously, yeah, there's obviously a lot of different things that, that are related to Wizard of Oz. But the problem I'm having with it is like trying to figure out where... Because, I mean, you're talking about Dorothy, like in the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy runs away from home and she realizes that it's uh you know it's the best place in the world she can't wait to go back there right so mm-hmm. like that's what she already you know this dorothy already started out knowing that in the first place right mm. and she's been trying not to leave home and so I, yeah i don't i don't know what the, the the slant is that they that they're going with but um inverted
0: wizard of oz i if that the. Uh... I, I boy, I wonder if they would do something like that like where you had the black and white to turn to color I wonder if they'd have like color to turns to black and white to fully invert the Wizard of Oz experience to show that she is going like her 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 Technicolor place is her home and where she's go like Roy's place is this dark depressing dreary I, I wonder if they would like I, I could see Holly doing that if he really wanted to fully invert the scenario like you're suggesting.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I think that you know that's that's what she wants. Uh, that that's really the only thing she wants is to to be like yeah. done with all of this, so that she can just go home and be there with them. Watch you know Desperate I mean?
0: Housewives and play play sock hockey right. with Scotty. Yeah,
1: yeah. So all this other stuff is really is really messing up their 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 chi. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: like, their feng shui. <laughs> the yeah. house is not, has not been f- properly feng shui'd. so moving on we see Dot finish her puppet with a fast and frantic puppet making montage and properly equipped she stages her play to tell her truth about the situation between her and Linda she made a lot more than this one puppet. And I guess in, in dream rules, it all checks out. But like that's my my, my, my first thought, like is it, it, the last vestiges of my protesting mind were blown away by the amazing puppet sequence. I thought, wait a second, she made all, she made one puppet. Now we got gator puppets and we got Linda yeah. puppets and we got Roy puppets. And but obviously that's a stupid thing to worry about because none of this is real uh yeah
1: you know when i was going on like the way that i justified that before i was like 100 percent dream was that i've got one too whenever she turns whenever the the whenever the um the puppet turns Mm -hmm. that's whenever the screen sort of goes wide and it becomes the whole thing it's not really on the little stage anymore
0: yeah and i don't think i
1: don't think you see i don't think you see any of the other puppets until you go into that so i was like okay well that's just they're just dramatizing it now or whatever you know what i mean my yeah, rationalization
0: like, was well this is linda's retreat it's not beyond the realm of possibility that she herself would have made a linda puppet a roy puppet a gator puppet uh but again I'm, I'm why don't we're, we're sure rationalizing had, we're rationalizing the literally <laughs> irrational here so um yeah. but but yeah she tells her whole story about um You know, being a little girl, uh, uh, becoming a woman, instantly noticing the stares of the wolves around her and her fleeing that uh, um, she gets busted for shoplifting. But Linda, the wife of Roy, who's already the powerful sheriff of the county, intervenes, says she's with her. And this is pretty much a much more graphic and complete accounting of what Dot has said. That, you know, she came there 15 as a kind of starving runaway. She was taken in, kind of polished up, and then eventually replaced and preyed on uh, by Ray as his wife for a few years before she, she manages to get away. And... uh we're going to see, like, you know, the truth, like, you know, of, of Roy's violence. We got a hint of that last episode where he slaps his his, his current wife for cutting his ear. Mm-hmm. But, like, we really see a brutal side of Roy. Where Yeah, this
1: was, a this was like, the next level for sure.
0: Yeah, and I, I thought it was really powerful how when you got to the part of play where Roy's beating her with a stick that, like, they kept uh, intercutting that with the police scene photos of her beating mm-hmm. and broken body and all that kind of stuff it uh it is like i said doing this in puppet form gives it a weird kind of power um you know because I, I maybe i'm just desensitized to seeing people get the shit beat out beat out of them from all the the weird mature rated, mature warning prestige shit i watch but seeing it in puppet form made it yeah somehow more visceral
1: yeah I, I said the same thing whenever i whenever i was writing my my script for my video was that it somehow it does make it a little bit like it makes it more palatable you know what i mean like in a way mm-hmm. but it also makes it a little more real because it's like so much effort that goes into just staging that you know what i mean and and yeah it, like it, it leaves an impression and a different kind of impression you know? And it's it
0: like a really interesting how the wedding dress kind of came down when it's time for her to get married and he had replaced Linda with her and it's kind of spinning and then you see the you know Roy beating her and then the like the way it was done was just uh like an assault on the senses and I thought it was just uh, just incredibly mm-hmm. incredibly effective. I'm trying to think if yeah. there's anything new um, that we got out of here. Like, I, is this the sad? Is this the even sadder story of a woman, Linda, who tried to feed this young woman to her husband in an effort to get away and wound up getting herself killed? Do you think? I, I'm trying to think of like how intentional it was because it did seem. When she's like, oh, you know what, Roy, I can't possibly teach this girl like math and science. It's way too hard for my lady brain. You're the one that's good at that. It's hard to see that as not being an intentional ploy. But it's also something that Roy would want his woman to say, to condition. Like, oh, I couldn't po- – I can yeah. maybe teach her writing and some of the soft shit. But if you want STEM, you're going to have to go to the man, honey. So
1: – Yeah, I-, I, I don't know. I, I mean <sighs> – it's a complicated situation because on, I mean, we know from his, his new wife that they sort of, they sort of like think of themselves as like religious. Right. I mean, they, they think that they're doing God's work or whatever. So that all fits under that umbrella, you know, like that. And I don't know, like we know that she knows that, that Roy is violent and that, he obviously was raising um Gator, but we don't know that she would immediately think that if she brought in a fifteen year old that he would, yeah, like you said, just sort of kill her <laughs> groom the fifteen year old girl. I'm like we don't, I don't we don't know that he like that he showed that kind of being that kind of a predator before. It like, is we wild because abuser
0: also internally dot like when she sees roy she's like oh this isn't a wolf he's big and he's powerful and he's stern but he's like a dad you know and mm-hmm. he's funny i like him and i wonder if this is like subconsciously like she's put off giving roy the agency of like well roy wouldn't have done this but his wife put him up to it is like yeah, her yeah. like, like as, as like 14 15 year old you're not I mean, that's that's this that's one of the sad things about children is of sexual abuse is a lot of times they internalize and deflect a lot of things from their yeah. abuser because dealing with the reality of you being victimized and taken advantage of is very very painful and it's very hard yeah hard well, thing. It,
1: that's what I thought that's what I thought they were trying to get at like I said I didn't have like a really clear mm-hmm. uh you know uh, like okay this is one to one this is exactly what they're trying to show but I just thought they were trying to to highlight that you know like how it's not something that that's that's black and white in any any way you know i mean like the of course the abuse itself that is something that is is you know we know that that's something that really happened but then like there's so much else that that you have to do that that i think that would happen that you would have to like sort of um you know protect yourself from in a way
0: yeah yeah it's um like I said, it's 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 why and, and um, I, I I the the other thing I guess what we learned for sure is that gave the abuse started Gator pretty young. You know, he's getting backhands. There's also another interesting thing that they followed from last. Me and Jim are debating about whether Roy is talking about the Bulls, you know, uh, the, the, the cock uh, is uh, like he's is, is like, is this another hint of his kind of like sexual deviancy? And Gator being like, well, you can watch you can learn a lot by watching studs at Breeding Time and his dad kind of belting him for mm-hmm. it. Like I I'm starting to yeah, you know, like uh Roy's got some weird shit underneath the hood. Like they they've they've pretty much made that clear and it just gets it gets more and more clear as the weeks go on.
1: Yeah. Scary dude.
0: Uh so she earns her new nickname. Uh Linda is impressed with her. Her pitch, and she earns her new name, Dorothy Lyon, and Linda agrees to go face Roy with her. That's um, the
1: moment where I was like, "This is definitely not real, not, not right, at least not all just, of it."
0: Yeah, because they never actually talk about the plan. It's just like you know, it's very dream logic where it's like, you know, what you want, so everyone else in the dream knows what you want, and, not, and that doesn't have to really be explained.
1: Yeah, um, she just says, "Okay, you're right. You 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 did you you told your truth, and and I agree. I'm gonna do what you want." You know, and then you get to the Christian she she,
0: to... she she gets to a point where she asks the critical question of like why didn't you take us with you, and she doesn't respond because probably she's dead, and that's when the, I think this is the crux of maybe what Nadine slash Dot had to wrestle with why did you leave Gator. Why did you leave your family now? Why are you Mm attacked? Why instead of instead of the, you know, flight or fight, instead of fleeing they explain to Wayne's like, hey, I got his back. We got to take off. We got to get out of here. We got to maybe get your mom who's got powerful legal connections to help. But she's just fighting. She's turning and facing it. Is that the smartest thing? I think these are all things that she's wrestling with subconsciously. And
1: yeah, because that's the Fargo thing, right? The Fargo thing is that the person does something. Shit snowballs way out of control. They ended up like going from like doing something that's devious and you know, whatever, but shit becomes life or death. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they, if they would just tell the truth, then it would all stop, but they can't. That's like the one thing that they can't do. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That's why the the whole thing with Dot up until this episode had really been kind of I was like, well, why did, you know, like, it's so frustrating that she just doesn't tell wit in Indira, like, mm-hmm. look, this guy came, he's, he's, he's trying to kidnap me. He thinks I should go live with him because, you know, he's, we were married at one point and he thinks that means that he owns me for the rest of my life. Like all of this stuff would make sense to people and they would, they would work to try to stop it from happening. Right. But like in her mind, She's worried that they won't believe her. You know what I mean? Or that they can't hold him accountable. Mm. And that's well, why she needs that's why she needs Linda in, in her in her mind is because if Linda would tell the truth, then then people would believe it.
0: I wonder if there's an element of like she's embarrassed that like, you know, um, I, uh, you know, like in, even though she is 15 and she didn't really have any choice in the matter, like I put myself in this situation like in retrospect, it seems so obvious. And I was such a fool and I should have got out. But like, is there because there's two there's two possibilities. Number one, that she committed some pretty serious crimes in getting away from Roy and she's worried that that would blow back on her. And the other is just like the inability to accept that you were once a child and you got taken advantage of or victimized you know this is reinforces mm-hmm. the you know in Dear's speech last time that like you know n- nobody wants to be thought of as a victim like the idea that people are like you know wanting to mm-hmm. you know like in, in large numbers cultivate some victim complex is ridiculous but the reality is people get victimized and that's yeah when it happens to you you have to like it kind of you have to reevaluate your life like i am a victim i am someone who can be victimized i am someone who can be taken advantage of and used and discarded and that's always no matter how smart and capable you are a blow to your self-conceptual because you don't you know when you're when you're when you're born playing your toys as a kid you don't think of yourself as someone like that you know
1: but then also, yeah, I mean, which, uh, yeah, that that's true. And then but, all, but to add to that, it's like also and it's also a uh, an acknowledgement that it could happen again. You know what I mean?
0: If it happened once, oh, my God, it could happen again. And you're kind of powerless right. to stop that. Right. You don't have any ultimate control over what happens to you in your life. Not as much as you imagine yourself.
1: Right. And, and that's I mean, I think that's really where abuse it really is something that, you know, you can understand it wasn't your fault. You can understand that it, mm-hmm. you know that this is a this is a, a a sick individual doing sick things, and not everyone's that way. But like, can you ever really feel safe? Because it, mm. you know that, that I mean that's the struggle, right? Is to yeah. actually be able to to live and not not be in fear of it. Because once it, once once it has happened, then you know things are different.
0: Yeah, and just like physical scars and ailments like sometimes you make a full recovery sometimes you're stronger and better than other and sometimes you reach maximum medical improvement and you're always going to have Mm -hmm. some sort of impairment in your trust or your and um but yeah it uh it's it can be the work of a lifetime it seems like dots kind of going through it right now
1: yeah and i mean i think i think you know this dream it it really does it it doesn't answer any of those questions like some of the things you're talking about there about like um you know why did she get to get with Wayne in the first place and and uh you know it was she is part of it just uh uh you know making a facade that to, to to show that she's like you know doing better than she was or whatever but like that's how life is right i mean it it things happen and and they keep they don't stop like you know they just keep mm-hmm. going and so like they, i think that they have created that situation where, you know, there's a lot of things about her that we don't know for sure, but we have a pretty good sense that, you know, she, she's, her, her heart is in the right place. You know what I mean? Like she's doing things for the, you know, for the people that she cares about. She's trying to protect that thing that, that she thinks is worth fighting for. And uh, yeah, you know, she might not be making all the, the best choices in the, in the heat of the moment. But like, you know, at, at the end of the day, she's a character that we can re- root for and hope that she makes it, makes it back, you know, with those I wonder, people.
0: I wonder if we'll see the return of the puppets. Um, Cause I know that sometimes Holly, like will have this big kind of swing reintroduces a piece of visual language. And then he'll riff on that later on in the season. I saw him do that with a lot with far um, Legion. I've seen him do it occasionally with, fargo i could see like imagine the the nadine or dot and roy have their confrontation and and you know dot uh, lays out this case against him and he tries the abuser thing where he tries a gaslight and he's like oh nadine you got your wires crossed it's that uh, i could see them going back to puppet mode to give like roy's side of the story before she ultimately defeats him i i wonder uh hmm. if we'll we'll because it's like yeah, I don't know. I I I think I think we'll see. I mean, the... his is
1: a, his, I think his is implied in a lot of the other stuff that we've heard him tell the people, like the 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 guy who he threw the coffee in his face in the the, the first in episode two. Uh huh. You know, he's basically saying like, "Look, dude, I know, I get it. Like, you know, you want to beat her sometimes, and and sometimes that's okay. But like, you know, if she's not doing anything that's where she deserves it, then you gotta you gotta lay off, you know."
0: So you Um, think in Roy's mind, he's because like I it's interesting to revisit those scenes with these scenes in in context. Do you think that Roy in his mind, all of his wives deserved what they got? Or do you think at some level him condemning this kid was him condemning himself?
1: Well, I I don't know, but I mean, I think that I think that he tells himself that they deserved it. I mean, I I don't know that we have. Yeah enough of an insight into his interior. I mean, I don't, I don't know that we, we need one really. I mean, no, the,
0: but uh, that,
1: that's sort of like the headline is, is this guy is, uh, you know, a, a serial abuser that, um, you know, I mean, where did his, where did his third wife come from and how old was she? Whenever, whenever she's pretty she young,
0: fiction? like already, she still looks
1: pretty young. Yeah. Younger has, than
0: than the, than dot. I think, I think, um, maybe the same age, but uh I because that's why I was getting with the puppet thing is like I you're right that they have consciously refused to talk on this show about how Dot actually escaped, and I wonder if she has suppressed some things that Roy's going to throw at her that's going to cause mm. her you know because like again this this you, you just said it yourself like this episode raises a bunch of questions that are on Dot's mind but doesn't resolve them, and I'm like well these questions have to be resolved affirmatively like no i did not abandon gator or if i did you can't judge me because of the flight or fight and you know no one really knows how they're going to act when they're you know with their backs against the wall like they're they're, she has to wrestle with that and i could see you know roy doing his gaslight manipulating thing in the form of a puppet show and her fighting again i think that would be visually and thematically interesting but i don't know yeah maybe i I just want to see the puppet some more
1: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing the puppets more That's That's true. And, and, and you're right. Cause I was, when you said that at first, I was thinking that you were talking more about like Roy's point of view, but it's actually, uh, that is actually, there could be something that he could use against her in that. That does make sense.
0: There's no, and she's already got a little bit of guilt in her subconscious anyway. There's no way that they're leaving all these question marks. And also there's a lot of question marks about Dot. Like I, uh, you said you listened to a couple of our early podcasts like what did you make of the fact that dot covered on foot an eight-hour drive in a single evening like are I, they is that ge- is that ge- geographical ignorance or is she got a little bit of the metaphysical gumbo that the the, the old bunch has got
1: yeah that's sort of been that's sort of been uh, swept under the rug. like it hasn't really come back up. But I thought, the, yeah, I thought the same thing. I was, I mean, I saw someone mention it on online mm-hmm. and then I looked at, look at, at where those two places were and I was like, that, yeah, that's like an eight hour drive. I'm just riffing you know, here. And she are, left on foot.
0: I, I'm just riffing here, but are they setting up a sin, like a, sin, because we talked about like, you know, what happens when a sin eater gets old and he's about to go to hell? Well, you get a young sin eater to eat his sins. Is there something with this domestic abuse cycle where Roy gets a wife, breaks her, the wife escapes somehow, but there's always a debt or a burden that she leaves behind in the form of Nadine and or Gator, or is is there something to where like that there there's a the similarity there's some kind of similarity there between like mm. uh, like the one woman eating the sins of another woman and and, and this is. I don't mean that like the women deserve all this, but there's it's eating the abuse for another one to escape into a better life, and then another one comes on, and that one gets the like they get to go into the better life and escape. You know, it gets mm. all problematic because like, I think a lot of these women, other than Dot, got murdered. But is are they are they trying to do a little bit of a similarity or some thematic uh, similarities there between Old Munch and and Dot?
1: Hmm yeah I mean I I've been wondering about how those two are going to become uh allies you know what I mean like it seems like that that they probably would
0: it's almost inevitable yeah
1: I mean they they would be like both have the same enemy or whatever but I I thought there was a real chance that they might you know might actually team up um I was wondering how that might come together but uh
0: that's fun. I really, it reminds me of like season three. We had Nikki Swango
1: yeah, teaming up with what?
0: Mr. Wrench. Yeah, Wrench. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always fun to see allies, you know, found allies against a common threat. Um, but there's a lot of things I wonder because, like, obviously, Roy's the big bad, but also Miss Lion is kind of a big bad. You know, Jim and I were debating last episode is who's the bigger monster? You got. Roy, who's dishing out pain and misery retail to his family, the people in his community. you got Lorraine who's dishing out misery at a wholesale level across the entire country victimizing people, robbing them of their peace, of their prosperity. She has to be dealt with, too, and it seems like they're on a course where she's going to redeem and kind of be an ally of Dot, maybe? After yeah, she I looked at her... I think there's a
1: real indication that she... Like in the last episode, I think it was just the last one where that, that, that scene where um, Scotty comes in and gives Wayne a hug and mm-hmm. she smiles. And then, then Indira sees her smiling. And so she stops. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought there was a real, you know, besides her looking at the folder at the end, you know what I mean? And, and sort of, that was, was that two episodes ago? It
0: was last episode that the folder yeah, okay happened.
1: So, um, I thought, yeah, that's setting up something, right? Like at least her having a change of heart, and 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 I think also Indira saying that they have a lot in common. I mean, they kind of do, except for Dot isn't nearly as evil as as Lorraine is. Like Lorraine is, Lorraine's fun to watch, and she's mm-hmm. she's turned into one of my favorite characters in that sense. But you're right. I mean, she's got she's got some major red flags in the way that she lives her life that um you can't you know (laughs) great performance aside and you know but it's
0: legalized gangsterism like there's nothing she's not really breaking the law so like in the rules the karmic rules of fargo i'm not sure if it's going to apply to her but uh
1: but it's weird if she just
0: walks out of this season scot-free not learning a lesson not paying a cost not you know talking about lorraine here
1: yeah, because that's, that's equally in, in, infuriating as, as, as Roy doing it in a way, right? Yeah. Oh, we'll be right back with Fargo. You're darn tootin'.
0: Hey, it's time for another season of Why is Mr. Feeney a car? The premise is simple, a Gen Xer and a millennial watch old 80s action TV to see what still works and what doesn't. In previous seasons, we've done podcasts for Knight Rider, Airwolf, MacGyver, A-Team, and more. However, this year we're doing a very special season of Feeny. We're going back and reviewing the very special episodes of 80s and 90s sitcoms. Come cringe along with us as Hollywood tries to warn our families of the dangers of underage smoking, drug abuse, alcoholism, eating disorders, and much more. We start out with the episode of Boy Meets World where a high school kid gets sucked into a cult. Worlds collide as the Mr. Feeny finally makes an appearance on Why is Mr. Feeny a Car? Join me and my buddy Jay each week for episodes full of nostalgia and secondhand embarrassment. And don't worry, the very special isn't your speed, we've also got some all-time classic Knight Rider episodes to close the season with. Find Why is Mr. Feeny a Car? each Wednesday on Bald Moved Pulp, starting April 3rd. Bald Move merch beats running around naked. And they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. The Fountain of Conversation continues. Here's more Fargo. All right. Uh, wait. Uh, next scene. She wakes up the diner. Uh, and to say that I was reeling over the next minute or two is an understatement. Because like that first time I'm watching this, I was the dumbest watcher alive. I did not pick up any of the cues. I was fully enraptured by the puppet scene, and I was like really curious to see like, well, how the hell is Linda going to help out in this situation? Smash cut to her at the diner. None of it's real. I'm processing this. As she stumbles out to the parking lot and then immediately gets ran and involved in a in a <laughs> pedestrian semi accident, and I'm like, "What is that?" Yeah, it was a wild exp- first watch experience. Uh, because yeah. you, you were hip to the dream, but the car situation had to have blown you away.
1: Yeah, no, I and I thought at the time I was like, I, yeah," I was kind of just in awe, like just sort of shocked. But I I really came to appreciate that. After the fact, because it's like, that's so brutal that, you know, in her dream she got what she wanted and um, she thinks everything's going to be okay. And then it's just a dream. Like for, for you, that's a rug pull for her. That's like, horrible you know what I mean
0: it's one of those dreams you wake up and it's like you were you you, it was so real and something that you wanted so bad like getting the birth the bike for your birthday and you wake up like oh shit it's eight months to my birthday I got no new bike ah you just like you almost mourn the loss
1: yeah it really is a loss because it felt real you know that's what I thought and then so yeah like to see that they pulled that absurd uh car accident that and I mean it they said that it was a pretty, it's pretty well, the way they shot it, it's pretty, it looks like it's actually Juno Temple getting hit by that car skidding across the, the parking lot. And like it's, it's extremely pretty,
0: believable because they, the entire episode, they had made a point that there had been an ice storm and the streets are covered mm-hmm. nice and it's very slick. And um, also the physics involved, uh, it kind of felt like, yeah, that's exactly the hit that would send you to the hospital, but not kill you you know like you're gonna hit your head mm-hmm. but like the, the SUV had, had lost a lot of its momentum before it actually turned into and yeah it, it was I I was just gibbering on my couch trying to think of what that you know what is going on what am I what am I gonna say about this scene uh, and then she as I'm processing all this uh, Dot comes to the hospital the head injury and I saw where this is going immediately that when the nurse you know is like, yeah. I think Roy's an alright guy in the looks department but to say he's a looker or he's easy on the eyes, I don't know about that. And uh, mm-hmm. just as Dot's figuring out, here comes Roy, and he says he's got her. Uh, this is just a cliffhanger. Um, I don't know much what there's much to say about this other than it's. It seems like an impossible situation for for Dot to escape because she she escaped him one time, but doing it again. That with 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 his foreknowledge and with him her completely in his power in this way, wh- how is she possibly going to get out?
1: Yeah, he. I mean, he's got. He doesn't look worried about it. That's that's the thing that you kind of see at the end. There is that he he feels like he's won. Um, the biggest the big thing I thought about this um, was sort of what you said was the way that it's obvious it's going to be him. Like you told everyone in like it's the opposite of the dream right like the, in the dream there's a lot of things that are don't quite add up but and you know that maybe something's going on but you, nobody really i think was con, like convinced that it was a dream until it's actually revealed mm-hmm. this is was they did this one the other way around you know it's like obviously it's not going to be Wayne that walks through the door and um mm-hmm. I thought that was a i thought that was a pretty good way to to handle that
0: go from dream to the waking nightmare um
1: mm-hmm.
0: although i will say there's like no possible off of, way
1: off quick you know there's no <laughs>
0: possible way they're going for this literally being a nightmare right like that she this is the uh, exa- equal and opposite of the linda that this is and then she's going to wake up at the beginning mm-hmm. of the next episode and and uh yeah she's at a hospital but roy's not there I, no there's no way there's no way they'll double dream no. us no, um, I, one, so one thing I thought is like, what if she just tells the nurse, like, this isn't my husband, this is a crazy situation, this guy's a be like, I feel like their Roy has the trump card of her, like, I think her official records say that she's Nadine, if they look up her medical records, and the fact she's got a head injury, she might, the medical people might be like, well, she's got, you know, she's acting, quote unquote, hysterical, um, and and also I mean, like technically
1: I, she's escaped from a, men- a locked mental ward. True. Right? The same moment.
0: <laughs> true. So, but I but I don't know that you the but hospital I don't releases. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the hospital releases he her to, to her Roy's back. care. So I'm. But yeah. but also like, my idea is that this is in Roy's county. Like, do you, do you get that Could same be. feeling um that?
1: It's very possible. I, I, like I said before, they never really say where she was going. Like she, she never True. reveals that.
0: I mean, you kind of um, think she's heading to Roy's, but but she's that's been just... on the road
1: for a while. Like she's been on the road for a period of like not. It's not this. Like she left at night, at least, right? So Enough she, for a Kia
0: Sportage t- to run its tank dry. Mm-hmm,
1: so <laughs> I have to look up what the, the range is. On that, is but... that, yeah, the, the implication is that she's been, you know, on the on the move for quite a while so she yeah. could certainly be in his neck of the woods
0: uh it's a bad spot it's uh it's one of those, i love it when they put the hero in a position where like i can't you know this is the opposite of an old batman show where it's like i have no freaking clue how she's going but th- I, I think there's a lot of clues like indira says you know you, your um your daughter in law will never ask for help but she needs it it does seem like a lot of cavalry is coming. You've got Indira and the state police. Yeah. Uh, you've got, I think, you, you got Miss Lion. You got Old Munch. Like, Dorothy is going to have a lot of unsought for help in the last few episodes, it seems.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he, Roy said it. Like, we were, we mentioned this earlier. Like, when he was talking to Munch, he says, I should probably leave her alone. And, and yeah, he really should. Like, there's, it's, I don't know, I don't know what you could say. Like, is driving him at this point um he, it's ahab you know, and the he's, whale it's yeah, personal he, it's the one i guess in his mind yeah she's the one that he couldn't break so he wants to he wants to finish the job
0: does that think I, and does that guess, expose a, a flaw in his own masculinity it's like you know in his idea that any man could break any woman and and he's more than any man he's like i the manliest man and that's like yeah like it's it's like a crack in his psyche that that he failed there.
1: Yeah, and I guess the the inciting incident was that her 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 prince hit the system and popped up. So he had been waiting for that to hap something like that to happen for, for for like a decade, right? Nine yeah, what well, years
0: alive or dead? Yeah, huh?
1: So I guess that is very you know this it, it tracks with the, who they told us he was she just did a really good job of hiding so it hasn't been an issue until now
0: right Um, so this is the episode is there anything else you want to throw in here any other closing thoughts
1: Uh, I think we we pretty much hit on everything Um, I'm trying to think yeah so I mean whenever you think about this this idea of you know where it's going like what would be i i i am really kind of curious about lorraine but like everything else i mean it, it it's 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 just seems to be pointing towards like you know roy is going to go down yeah in a blaze of glory right
0: yeah there's there's the open questions i have is how does roy get taken down or which of the forces are raised against him will take him down. Um, is there something more to the old munch? Are we going to get like a definitive, like this is a 500 year old man? Is, is he not? Um, and then, yeah, like what is the proper comeuppance for? And also, I guess like is, is Gator going to, is which side of his is going to win? And they talked to Holly, talked to in interview about he's a Jack skeleton figure, where he's yeah. kind of, like, trying to do better than too. he is. Uh, so is is there any redemption for him? Um, and then, yeah, like, what's the appropriate comeuppance for Lorraine, Lyon? I mean, uh, it, that's a lot that to deal with bit, and not a lot of episodes yeah. left.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that, that's a tricky one with, with Gator, isn't it? Because, like, obviously he's a victim, too, but he's gone yeah. so far beyond, like...
0: And making him 27. Like if he was 21, I would say that's a different. But 27 is kind of. Eh, it's yeah, never too like late. It's, it's never too late to change your. Like if you're, you know, you're you're 35 and and you feel like Gator out there and you're like, oh, shit, Pete and Aaron say, hang it up. It's I'm just a, yeah, I'm a no, fuck no, up. I mean, uh, no, not in real life, but. Uh, yeah.
1: We're but, talking but, about like a, a very specific narrative and uh yeah, yeah, a, a narrative 10 fiction episode T V show. A
0: narrative yeah. fiction within with three episodes to go. What what kind of redemption does a guy like Gator have at twenty seven uh yeah, growing up in like Roy Tillman's backyard?
1: It almost has to be sort of like a symbolic one, almost, you know, like I, I don't He
0: can redeem like see. he sacrifices himself and redeems himself spiritually.
1: I think so, kinda. You know, I mean like it if it was it was it would seem funny if he if he walked away without consequence. Does you know, old I mean, Munch like, eat his sins?
0: Went... Does old Munch I kill mean, him? and eat his w- sin.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he, he walked into the to the guy's in the neighborhood with a, like he killed the he killed Irma the you know Mama Munch by accident. Uh-huh. But I mean, he he went with a a scope rifle and and tried to shoot Munch in the head like. You know, what but I mean? with, like he's but, not, I, but I
0: don't know the Munch like that's not. I wonder if it, that's offensive to him because in, in like as much as I don't think Munch would say he's an innocent, like it, it, above and beyond the sin eating, like Munch does crime for hire. He does murder, kidnapping yeah, for hire. That's so that's true. I think he's offended by the transactional loss and the fact that a relative innocent. You know. um Put upon poor woman whose whose son rules her like a tyrant king. Like I, I think that's an innocent in his eyes, but I don't yeah, think he'd because, be offended I mean, at they attempt to kill him.
1: I, as I read the same article that you read, and I, I mean, I think the way that he says it is that he's really a softy. Yeah, you know? like that's what the way he described Gator. But like, yeah, he might really be a softy, but he's also like a pretty advanced, uh, you know. Criminal at the same yeah. time, you know. What I mean nah, his dad like got he, him, got he, him in. He kills people. He, he, he actually, you know, not he. He's not just an accomplice because of of who he is. Like he, he actually proactively Have we does seen that kind of stuff. Gator himself. kill someone though. I mean, he tried to kill Munch. He he, he shot. tried,
0: but he failed. And I think, like you know, with the with the karmic but if it had
1: been what he, what he thought he was looking at, he would have right.
0: Well, he did kill. He did kill Mama Munch. Like it's hard to say that that's not yeah. like murder, you know. Uh, that's
1: like more of a manslaughter kind of situation. Well, but when you you're doing it in the commission of
0: a crime, I was I was about to go. That's like I guess it's manslaughter, but I think legally, if you accidentally kill someone like robbing a bank, you you didn't you murdered that that's guy. That's true, yeah. You know? Yeah, there's
1: a, there's a term for there's a term for that. That's yeah, it's, it's like not...
0: it's it's like you're already doing something you knew you shouldn't be doing, so everything else kind of gets under that like knowingly commission of a crime. Like it's it's not beyond the realm of of possibility that an old woman would see you breaking into a the car and try to stop you, and then you scuff. So I, yeah, maybe this is, and I, I wonder if this is. I would be surprised with him being 27, but I do wonder if this is the first person he's killed directly not his dad not his dad's farmhands not his dad's militiamen that he was there kind of riding shotgun for but this is the actual the first one he actually did himself
1: yeah because when he was gonna kill munch in the first episode it wasn't him it was the it was the other guys right
0: yeah yeah like
1: he had trigger trigger guys there that
0: yeah Hmm. Huh. Could be, but again, I'd be surprised at twenty-seven. He
1: covered up some shit, if nothing else. Oh, for sure. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, it's hard to say he's innocent, especially again. I guess I'm still processing the fact that he's almost thirty. anything
1: else? Though that's one thing that that it took a while for me for that to click for me, but like I, I really got an appreciation for this this haircut that they that they make him wear. As, it's such as, a
0: great move to untypecast him, right? Because he's the pretty yeah. boy Steve from with great hair, you know, teaching Dustin how to have great hair in Stranger Things, and now you shave it off and make him a a shitbird. It's a it's a gr- mm-hmm. it's a great way to file the serial numbers off his career and and you kind of use him as uh, as raw clay.
1: Yeah, he, he's he's doing a pretty good job too. I think it, pretty consistently across the board that this season has. Um. Like I thought in, in four, I thought that the, the some of the stuff that they were doing, it it just seemed like it 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 was dissonant a little bit. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. um, Schwarzman and the guy from Gamora. Like I thought that they 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 kind of they, like it wasn't like they were they didn't know how to act or something like that. It was obviously the under the direction of like the this is the way that they wanted them to be. But it, I just thought it just didn't it didn't really didn't really work that well and uh this season i think is a lot more consistent across the board
0: well that's it uh pete i appreciate so much for you pitching in on short notice for our friend jim here who's who's uh, fallen ill um you've got a great channel pete peppers uh, well, how do people find you? And I, and again, if you're, this is kind of for for form because I'm gonna throw a link to that uh, similarities of Fargo video, which will link you to his channel. But where do people find you?
1: Yeah, they can just uh, search Pete Peppers on YouTube. It's, it's really easy; it comes up that way. I'm um, at Pete Peppers on um, Twitter and Threads and most of the most of the other social media. I'm not the biggest poster in the world, but um you can find me there and all those places that you <laughs> look uh n- name's not that hard to 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 remember. Um
0: we have a lot of content know. in common. Like right now you're doing for all mankind and fargo like us. Uh any, yeah. anything on the horizon that you're excited about?
1: Yeah, there's There's actually kind of a lot of different things that I'm looking at. Uh, I'm definitely going to do True Detective.
0: Okay, um, I think we're doing that too.
1: And, um... I thinking about maybe Masters of Air Masters of the Air is coming up soon. I
0: would like that. It's a hard sell for Jim for whatever reason, because I don't think he's like Band of Brothers Pacific War, kind of like, you know, up on the whole Spielberg Tom Hanks collabs. But I'm interested in that. Um I'm what about Shogun? I'm really kind of interested in yeah, seeing I, how that's that a book. shakes out.
1: That's a book I read as a as a young man that I that I really liked a lot. And I thought the trailer looked pretty awesome
0: my dad says it's his favorite novel and i've never read it i'm thinking about picking it up before the series and i don't know if that's a good move or a bad move but i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to lobby hard the gym to to cover shogun because that looks really hot
1: yeah i i mean i haven't reread it recently but um i read it more than once and uh it's long
0: oh i know it's a tone i
1: think that there's I think that there's a little bit of a, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's fictionalized from a westerner's point of view. Right. Um, I think that that, you know, that there's probably some critique of that, that that's, that's probably fair, Uh huh. but as far as, as what it is, if you, if you're reading it and you're looking at it like that, it's, it's a pretty, pretty good story. Uh, should make for a good mini series, I think.
0: And there's the, I think we talked about this before. The three body problem, is that something you're, it's on your yeah. radar?
1: Yeah, that was supposed to come out in January. They moved that back to March. That's definitely something that I'm excited Which about. Which actually
0: helps us a bit because we were looking because we we want to, you know, we're kind of chained to the Walking Dead, like uh, like Michonne in season two, uh, and they're they're having the Michonne Rick miniseries come out. So like we're almost obligated to cover that. And it's like, yeah. man, it was going to really bunch up and be kind of, but like, yeah, then pushing that back kind of made things a little easier on us i think but uh well it sounds like we're going to be having lots of stuff to talk about and lots of stuff that our fans would be interested in in what you got to
1: say and there's another one uh that i'm kind of excited about uh coming out in february i think it's constellation it's a that was not on my radar it's apple tv space show it has got jonathan banks in it
0: hell yes like
1: ermine trout yeah who also, it's supposed to be like something happens on the International Space Station. I haven't seen any of it yet.
0: You know, Jonathan makes you think on of the... him big in sci-fi, but he kicked off The Expanse. He was in the first, uh, the
1: the first episode of that. Yeah, he was in the uh, first As the XO the,
0: of the shit, the Remember the Cant? Yeah, the he lost his
1: mind. Yeah. <laughs>
0: gotta have a guy feels his toes in the dirt um that's that's same that i'll have to check in the end that because that sounds kind of up my alley i love apple yeah, tv and what they're doing with their sci-fi stuff
1: yeah i think that's at the end i think uh to the end of february
0: gotcha no one comes out well again pete thanks thanks so much for uh being yeah, thanks for having duty. me uh you're great you're you're a great co-host uh please check out it's his channel on youtube pete peppers And uh, we will be catching up to feedback next. So we're finally caught up to Fargo. The latest episode dropped last night. Uh, I will have another co-host or possibly Pete um, in the next day or two to get that knocked out. And we will catch up with feedback then. If you would like to send us feedback about this episode or any of the ones that that, that we were kind of like podcasting or not podcasting through, Fargo at BaldMove.com is how you do that. And as far as our social medias, if you want to keep uh, follow with what we're doing this year and uh, seeing which episodes and shows we're covering, which films we're covering, uh, we can be followed at Bald Move everywhere, except for TikTok, we're at Baldest Move. Once again, Pete, thanks so much. And... uh, uh, I'm sure sure we'll be talking in the future. Um, But until then, until the next episode of Fargo, I'm your host, Aaron. This is Pete. We'll see you on the next one.